Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Comics and Kaijus podcast. Joining me is the boy, Austin Albin, back from his, I guess, a little hiatus. And Cameron Miller joining me yet again on another live broadcast for Comics and Kaijus. How are you guys doing? How's Christmas? Fucking awesome, dude. Good holiday. Had a good time. Good family. Glad to be back with the boys. It's been a hot minute. Yo, Cam, love me. My guy. How did things go? Pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, had a good Christmas. Great New Year's. Hope the same for you. Uh, had a great time. Hey, it's New Year's. Just passed by, boy. We got to find out just real quick. A scale of one to ten, how wild we get. At, uh, how wild. Uh, I'm, think, I'm thinking. How wild? Sorry, got to point this way. I'm thinking ten. Thinking ten. Oh. Oh. Had Cam? quite the uh, New Year's party. Cam, what about you? One out of ten. About a nine. I'm, I'm gonna go with you. I'll say a nine. I'd say a nine. At least we didn't get too nine. crazy, but we had a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so let's jump into the meat of this. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, 1962, is the movie that we reviewed. Cameron, go ahead and take it away, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, one of the greatest uh, monster mashups of all time, uh, other than Frankenstein uh, meets Dracula and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and Freddy versus Jason. This is probably one of the biggest uh, versus films out there. Uh, it was probably Toho's biggest. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was probably their best selling film for quite a few decades um until i believe it was godzilla versus destroyer which i came much later. beat that <laughs> that was that's very much later um had a very small budget too uh compared to what it made back uh it was what two hundred thousand dollars and it made ten million dollars back so i'd say that's i think it's a pretty successful film absolutely austin what do you take on it man man I, i'm gonna keep it 100 with you on this one for sure uh this is definitely this is one of your boys heartfelt childhood movies i watched i had two copies of this film as a kid i had a vhs copy that came in this very blue vhs sleeve that <laughs> i I remember having for the longest time it, it I, I watched it again and again and again and again and it eventually got wore out completely tj hitting it with our motto give me the sauce let's go Oh, come on, TJ. You know we're always bringing the sauce you know, for you, man. You know, bro. And it's always going to be the right kind of spice. It ain't going to be anything less. The primo. But th this this film for me holds a special place in my heart for being a movie that I grew up watching that, like I said, I had two VHSs of this that I completely burned mm -hmm. through. Like, I mean, I watched them so much that I burned through them. They, the, the VHSs would just get ruined because I saw it so many times. And it's I know it's cheesy. And like, can't just to reiterate what Cameron said, this is this is probably one of the biggest mashups of our time. And it was one of the first big ones to really, you know, be an international hit. It brought together essentially the East versus the West in probably one of the more anticipated mashups of our time, it, probably before Freddy versus Jason, before it hit its hype train. This was the hype train of the of the decade. Everyone was excited to finally see America's big baddie versus, you know, Japan's creature from the other side of the pond. And it truly lived up to it. And at least in my mind, I felt that it lived up to everything that it was meant to be. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and praise it. And I know I am sitting here completely blinded by nostalgia and love for this film. Mm -hmm. But Looking at it from the outside, looking in, like trying to take nostalgia out of the picture for its time and for what it was. You, you can't argue, argue with statistics. The movie not only made its money back, but it was an international hit. 
granted it didn't really hold the test of time too well it no it definitely is a fun film if you go into this movie watching it for what it is watching it for a monster movie and try not to read too into it i guarantee you can see this movie and have a great time oh it was terrific like watching it for the first time because as everybody knows i'm not the leading kaiju expert here but man watching these movies with our watch parties that we do on discord oh, i have an absolute blast every single time like these movies they're what i expected but at the same time not what i expected at the same time and it's just it, it's amazing to watch just the monsters go ham destroy the city fight each other uh, it was great and i feel like this one really had a nice east versus west kind of feel to it as well and i really enjoyed that Oh, very much so. I was yeah. glad that you got to share this film with us. Uh, I know me and Cameron have been talking about it for a while. Oh, I dude, told, I took my ear off about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I've been telling him which one was my favorite and the one I held close. So I was mm -hmm. really super pumped for you to finally get to share this one and share oh, it with you guys, especially. Absolutely. It was definitely a blast watching it. It's a good film. Uh, the effects aren't the best um, compared to what we have. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that? Oh my god. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> the effects aren't the greatest. But what are you talking about? They're not the greatest. I'm going to interrupt you and argue that right there. They no, had a no, fucking no. live no, octopus no. on this movie, Cameron. They really fucking did, bro. That fucker you know, died for these effects. He was fucking up King Kong, too. For these effects. Listen, you can't tell me that blue screen was good. It wasn't good. <laughs> All right, the blue screen was kind of rough. The blue screen was pretty freaking bad. The blue screen was sus, but that live octopus died for our film. Absolutely. So, the effects... <laughs> They're not the best. The Kong suit isn't the best. Ooh, no, dude. Three hundred at Waffle House, dude. It's not even like the not the best. It's just bad. There's no sugar coating. The Kong suit is straight bad. up. Um, now G Man. There's the the Godzilla suit. I think is one of the best Godzilla designs out there. I did um, especially that. like that. Like the spikes on his back lit up whenever he did the atomic breath. Mm -hmm. This I really, Godzilla I really like that. The reason I enjoyed this one the most is because he looked more like a lizard. He looked more reptilian. Yeah. And I think that's why I liked it. I liked this version because of that more like reptilian look to Godzilla in comparison to yeah, how, in, you know, it's that elongated snout. And then the eyes are like more beady and like lifeless almost. And it's different when you compare that to like what we've seen prior to where he looks almost like a demon with, you know, the ears, the pointy fang teeth and all mm -hmm. this other stuff. And then now we get more of this lizard dinosaur-esque, you know, Godzilla. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, the, the effects aren't the best, but no, there's something very magical and charming about them. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the simplicity. Maybe it's just like the, the nostalgia um but it's there's something just so entrancing looking at a guy stomp on some little tiny clear clearly miniature like tanks and jeeps there's just something really fun to watch about it 
Man, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. That opening, the opening Godzilla scene that we get it, like, I think like the 30 minute mark where he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's awake from the, from the iceberg and he's coming onto land and Japan's trying to stop him for the first time. And just like what you brought up with the little, you know, blatantly fake remote control tanks and stuff like that. It's that, that scene to me was just, it was pure Godzilla. There's n- it, what, you, nothing to read into, nothing to cut down, nothing to, you know, peel back the layers. And like, oh, it's some so symbolistic meaning. It's like, no, it's, it's literally mm-hmm. just Godzilla destroying miniatures and tanks. It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe at this point, they really don't talk about Godzilla being like the like an allegory of, for the atomic bomb. Yeah, yeah. The, he's not really a symbolism for the atomic bomb at this point anymore. He's more just a giant monster because they want a giant monster. I would I mean, honestly argue and say this film was really the first time we get to see him in that non-being an atomic bomb creation kind of light. Because even in Raids Again, he still had that symbolism for it. Yeah. Even though, symbol, you know, even though that movie was hot and, garbage. Straight <laughs> garbage, bro. Yeah. So I, this Godzilla is the same Godzilla from Raids Again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a little weird. Um, and I believe... This is the same Godzilla all the way till the end of the Showa series. Um, I think you're right on that. Nobody really talks about the continuity between, you know, the Godzilla throughout the Showa era. Honestly, you can't really talk Um, about it too much. (laughs) It's kind of all of a loose-fitting thing, because they don't really mention the original, the, the events of the original Godzilla, and I think any of the other... Godzilla films in the Showa series. Yeah. So I guess it's all up to the viewer to if they want to personally believe that this Godzilla from this point on is the same Godzilla in every Showa uh, movie. True. Uh, which I guess is kind of cool. It's, it's kind of cool to see all these weird powers that he has or learns. Well, you also really need to take into account that like the Showa era of Godzilla films was really not trying to take itself super serious. It tried yeah. it was more along the lines trying to deliver a message with each film or try to be the most interesting story of that particular film. Continuity-wise, really honestly, I wouldn't even say truly, you know, kicked itself into gear until probably about the uh the Heisei uh, would, saga. Yeah, Heisei really kicked in for continuity because it really started yeah. going back and explaining. It tried to explain Godzilla's origins, which was odd, but a welcomed oddity nonetheless. Mm-hmm. It, it tried to bring a different view to the typical just Godzilla is a creation. He begins. He does things. Things happen. He goes and gets defeated by the Japanese or by another, you know, creature of equal power or whatever. And then he just comes back later because he feels like. Yeah, it's Um, more like things happen that cause him to exist. And then the Hisei era was trying to explain why he exists. Yeah. Godzilla still at this point is a bad guy. He is the villain of the story. Um, it's not till I believe uh, Ghidra, the three-headed monster, where he becomes a good guy. Um, so it's still kind of cool to see Godzilla, you know, 
being a force of destruction and evil. Uh, I think they wanted, they clearly wanted Kong to be the good guy. They wanted someone to root for. Um, yeah. But as a kid, as a kid, I, I didn't really care about that. I just wanted to see Godzilla kick Kong's ass. I mean, yeah, that's why I, I watched I mean, it. Same. <laughs> I mean, it was just fun to watch the two puppets just kind of mash together this that was entire funny. battle. Oh, it was great. Like, like as Austin was saying the entire time that we were watching it, oh, I'm just going to hug you. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> Come here, I'm going to give you a big old hug. A big old hug. Like, that was, the entire, <laughs> that was the entire fight scene. Although, I do got to point out, my favorite scene in the entire fight scene, it threw me off, all right, because I haven't seen any of these kaiju movies. Uh, I didn't know Godzilla could just dropkick King Kong the way he did and just lay his ass out immediately. <laughs> there are two drop kicks in the history of Godzilla, two mm-hmm. of them. A lot of people don't recognize there's two, but there is two. There is two drop kicks. One of them is in this movie in the set mm-hmm. in the next one, which is the most infamous one, which is Godzilla versus Megalon, where mm-hmm. Godzilla and Jet Jag are basically just, you know, WWE hold him together tag team style and just Godzilla float levi- levitate kicks him. And like, I don't know Did how that works. The screen using the balancing himself on his tail. And he just flies across and just lands right into Megalon. Yeah, and that's but this one at least he just kind of like eh, you know gets a little bit of a eh, and just jumps up and kicks yeah. him. At least that makes a little bit of sense, like just a smidge. But it still takes you for a loop that you don't really expect it. But I mean, speaking of the fight scenes, it, the fight scenes in the film are not bad per se. They're no, a bit wacky. Yeah, and that's what uh, a lot of people don't truly understand about these movies. Like, oh, they're just sitting there slapping into one another. But if you really look into it, these movies, the early era of Godzilla and the Showa era, a lot of their stuff was influenced by Japanese wrestling because in that time, and even nowadays, it's still very much true. uh, Japanese cinema and culture is really, you know, not manipulated, but influenced by wrestling culture. Uh, to them, wrestling is held way more in a higher state than it is here. Uh, mm-hmm. Wrestling here, it was kind of looked down as like a lower form of entertainment. But over in Japan, it is like a, a celebratory event when things happen. So for this to be influenced by Japanese wrestling really is not that far-fetched of an ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that was cool to see is Kong's new secret power. Um, because they wanted, I mean, it's, the, it wouldn't have been a fair fight if it were just regular King Kong against Godzilla. Godzilla would have won every fucking time. Yeah. I mean, he was completely out like, Oh, let's make Godzilla mm-hmm. weak against electricity and make Kong like absorb electricity and like be able to like, you have like a electric touch and whatever. I mean, like, he showed up, like we were talking about, he showed up Emperor Palpatine fucking Godzilla there. Yes. Which, I mean, it, it would be, it, that's all well and good if they would have kept that, you know, that throughout the series of having Godzilla be hurt by electricity. Mm-hmm. But there's multiple times where Godzilla is powered up through electricity or lightning mm-hmm. so it's i mean they, if they, they just, re- 
it, it's just a loophole you have to kind of like ignore. You can honestly even look at like one of the most like infamous Godzilla scenes in the original Godzilla Gojira in '54. One of the most iconic scenes is literally Godzilla tearing down electrical lines. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the most iconic shots where we finally get to see the Gojira suit from head to toe. He literally is tearing down power lines like he doesn't care because he doesn't. He has no issues with electricity. But then this movie, he just, hey, he's afraid of electricity now. Why? Why? Well, sounded cool. Why? It sounded cool in my head, but now we're really regretting that decision. Well, we've already started filming it, so roll. How much of a budget would you? Uh, oh yeah, no, no, we can't change it now. Okay, no, 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 no. We're way, we're way too deep in the film. There's no way we can change this now. They're way too deep. Um, the human characters aren't really memorable. Yeah, they were kind of forgettable. I didn't even They're bother memorizing their names. Um, yeah. which isn't necessarily bad as long as the monster fights are entertaining, which they were. True. Um, I mean, people are really just watching this for the monster fight, so... That's what a lot of people go to see a Godzilla movie for. Um, The corporate business guy, I guess he's kind of memorable because he's kind of a wacky, goofy character, but, like, he's more annoying than anything. Honestly. Um, Especially in the the English dub, he's quite annoying. The English dub wasn't Um, exactly anything to call home about <laughs> i kind of i was kind of hoping to see him get eaten at one point every time i watch him like just just kill him already just have something happen <laughs> just fucking just kill him, happen. Just fucking kill him. <laughs> <laughs> he's an unnecessary I, character get him the fuck out of here <laughs> not- i mean the human characters had they had some interesting aspects to them they weren't exactly the greatest thing on the planet, and that's for sure. I mean, still to the, to this day, the most memorable characters I from the movies we've seen so far, the most memorable characters I can think of are from Mothra. And till and still then, that's that's been the only real memorable character I can remember. Is old bulldog is the only one I remember at all. Yeah, everyone else is just. I mean, granted, it's been the same character actor, you know, reiterating a new character. It's the same mm-hmm. people, but the, each one of the films, like the the characters themselves, are exactly what you would expect them to be. So the minute you see the character, you're like, okay, that's going to be the businessman. That's going to be one of the lead protagonists. He's going to be the lead protagonist's, you know, frightened friend. You know, she's going to be the main love interest. She's going to be the sister of the love interest, and then it's like. There's nothing that would subvert your expectations at all. There, it's just it's straight down the narrow path as you physically can be, which I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing per se. It's just, you know, when you create a film about kaiju's, you expect kaiju's. You don't expect characters. So to you know, basically put a handicap on a film because of its non-memorable characters even though the movie's not based on characters, it's based on the kaijus, then, you know, it seems a bit harsh in a way and a bit redundant at that point. Yeah. Especially with a film like this. um, Mm -hmm. It's not like the original Godzilla where you needed strong characters to help build up the film. For this, you're going into this movie because you want to see Godzilla and Kong fight. That's pretty much the only reason. That's the only thing you really care about. Um, 
so the human characters, it's not necessarily bad if they weren't the best, but yeah, it, it would have been nicer if you know they were more memorable or they played a bigger impact or role, but they didn't really, they were just there. Yeah, they like they were, and it, I know some people may say that it may be bad because there's no. No, oh, herd or der, you know, no memorable characters. That's that's why all the critics and everyone ragged about the Godzilla King of the Monsters movie that came out two, two, what, three years back now. When uh, that yeah. film came out, everyone ragged on it because it's like, oh, you can't remember the characters. We have big, high paid actors here, but the characters are super unmemorable. It's like because you're trying to put a movie that has 95 percent of its budget based on the CGI for Godzilla, King Ghidorah, and Mothra, and Rodan, all in this film, and then you're trying to get me to care about high-paid actors, about a story that I could go and give a fuck about. When I go there to see Godzilla in giant CGI gloriness, and I go to the IMAX portion, so I can hear Godzilla's roar shake my fucking seats, I don't give a shit how much you paid the chick from Stranger Things. She can go back to fucking Netflix. I don't care. <laughs> I go to see them. I don't go to see I go to see Godzilla. I don't go to see, you know, actors. I don't go to see characters. I watch these movies for kaijus. I watch mm-hmm. it for the destruction. I watch it for the suits. I watch it. I do. I watch it for the cheesy suits. The cheesy suits and the destruction and the fighting is what I love about these films. If the characters are unmemorable or there's they they do stupid things or they're like, oh, I'm just why would you do that? Why why do you fucking care? Why do you care? Yeah. Why does it need to be a big deal? I mean, it's the same principle as like, okay, why does Godzilla hate trains? Fuck if I know he just doesn't like trains, man. It's why do you trains, bro? There's no symbolism behind it. He just doesn't like fucking trains for reasons unknown, but okay, he hates trains. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, I, I actually did like that uh, train scene in this movie. I love like the low angle, but it's like far away. Yeah, that was actually a good, you know, I like I like to call it scenes in Godzilla films where it it kind of brings you down to the lower levels of like an individual person. And the scene where I think it's the guy's girlfriend, one of the main one of the protagonist's girlfriends was trying to escape, but she got. They, the train got pulled aside. They all evacuated and she was trying to get in one of the military vans to drive them further away and get away from Godzilla. They ended up, she couldn't get on. Like she fell off or she, something along those lines. And they're like trying to stop him from going there. Cause they're like, Hey, Godzilla's back there. Don't go that way. And he's like, you know me like, fuck the police. And he just goes anyway. <laughs> and he goes to get her and that whole sequence where Godzilla is like actually walking by them. And she, he hurries up and grabs her, tosses her in the, in his car and they like just back up. And it's just like that tension of just waiting to see if he will just keep going in that direction to pass by them or not. Like I was like, damn, y'all could have played on that for a minute. That was actually kind of tense. Mm-hmm. It was like, what if he just turns and sees y'all? And he's just like, Oh yeah. Fuck that car in particular. Fuck that car. It could have happened. It definitely could have. I thought that was just a really cool sequence and it was a mm-hmm. it was a good good uh good score in that sequence too. The score was a very high pace, like really fast trumpet, you know, really quick. It was really going. Fun fact about the soundtrack. Um so for the English dub, the American version, 
uh, Universal replaced the soundtrack with their own soundtrack, most of them being uh, music from their Universal monster movies. Hmm. Which I, 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 I caught pretty quick. I recognize, a, I think, a few songs from like The Wolfman, uh, Frankenstein. So hmm. that's what the, I, I, I could tell. I was like, this doesn't sound like. It doesn't sound like the typical Fukube's music. Yeah. No, that's actually interesting. I honest to goodness did not know that. I guess I really never dissected this movie like I am now because it's been a hot minute since I've seen it. But that is an interesting fact. I did not know. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. There, there, there isn't really anything else different about the English or the American version versus the Japanese version, other than the dubbing and soundtrack. Yeah, and I did. I've I've seen a couple people talk about the uh, the English translations. Some of the things kind of got lost in translation. And yeah, that happens quite a bit with a lot of yeah. the Godzilla movies. Some things are uh, slightly different. Some things are left out. Well, we've had that conversation before about these films where they'll change the translation strictly to, you know, protect or to push a narrative. But I mean, that's American media, baby. That's nothing new. Been doing that shit for decades now. Shit. <laughs> we still doing it now. <laughs> the biggest. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, culprit, I guess. Uh of that is the return of Godzilla or oh, Godzilla yeah. 1985. Yep. Uh, because it, it's just so, so obviously like, cause that's like, they're still in the cold war. Mm-hmm. America, the, the Soviet union still hate each other. Um, and you, they, they, they make it, make it out to be that the Soviet union decided fuck it let's just launch a nuke at japan because whatever uh when in the original version of that it that never happened god i can't wait for us to get to that film that's another one of mine that's like dude i watched it so many times as a kid i i only had one of those vhs's though and i watched it all the way till it ruined pretty much that was one that uh my dad actually showed me that one he uh he bought it from Walmart and brought it home and we watched it that night. And then we watched it like two more times that week. And then I just started keeping all the Godzilla films in my room. So I would just watch them at my leisure. (laughs) And that's where pretty much all of the quality went from them. Cause they went from, (laughs) you know, a young boy on like on a TV being like, Oh, that's cool. Rewind, (laughs) play it again. Rewind, do it again. (laughs) See, that was me with all the like old uh, DC like animated movies, the animated shows, the Marvel animated shows, bro. Like I had shelves of them and I would just watch them on repeat over and over, like to the point where most people would be like, dude, stop, watch something else. And I'm like, no, I can recite this word for word. And they're like, that's the problem. <laughs> problem. See, I, I was that way with a lot of Japanese shows like uh, Power Rangers. I was with that Common Rider. I was like Power that uh, fucking uh, Beetleborgs. I was like that uh, shit. What's another one? Like it was just like all of those like early morning CB and Fox shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I watched all of them. The Batman series, Superman series, Batman Beyond. 
Batman Beyond shout out has the like biggest banger of an intro. Fight me and I will die on that hill. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The original Teen Titans intro was much better, but I'm, I'm just going to. I will die on this hill. I, I, I will, will slide that out there. <laughs> die on this hill, Matt. <laughs> and I will charge at me. you. And I will charge at you with the absolute javelin that is the Teen Titans intro. Yeah, but okay. at least Batman Beyond. Hot. Yeah, I'm sorry. At least Batman Beyond didn't turn into Teen Titans. Go. I'm just saying. Hey, hey. I'm hey. just. <laughs> hey, it can still hey. happen. It can still happen. So don't make jokes. Stop it. I hey. Please. You went there. I went there. <laughs> <laughs> Please have mercy. At, at least we can both admit that Teen Titans Go is a steaming pile of shit. Please let Batman <laughs> Beyond keep what sacredness it has left. Please. <laughs> Honestly, Batman, go. I've got the entire series just sitting Stop. at my on my table <laughs> in the living room. <laughs> uh, no, this uh, th- I would say this film is very reminiscent of like those early nostalgic times of early footage in movies and film where mm-hmm. you could really just kind of have more of a good time. You really don't need to come into this movie thinking too much about it. You really don't need to come into it with a big, you know idea of what's going to happen or anything that's going to make you overthink the film in any bit it's fucking uh, king kong versus godzilla that's all you need to know yeah um, know. this definitely Absolutely. isn't like on the par of when me and matt did reptilicus and i literally just told him dude turn your brain off there is no way to watch this film other than turn your brain off other than, other than raids again other than raids again reptilicus was like Reptilicus, we oh, made fun. Fuck. Raids again, there is no way to make Raids again fun. I you know, agree with that. It's pretty much a boring film. It's boring because it's dragged. Right I think most Godzilla fans can agree that uh, Raids again is definitely. Shout out to anybody who likes Raids again. I just want to ask you to please go get psychologically checked because you're a fucking <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and don't try to be one of those people that's like, oh, well, I prefer the more of specific films. You're the kind of motherfucker that says that Attack of the Clones is the best Star Wars film. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> Everybody knows it's Revenge of the Sith, and I will die on that hill. I can honestly go toe for toe saying that that or Empire are the two best, but honestly, Revenge of the Sith is a masterpiece of our time, and I will stay with that. I oh, will yeah. stay with that. I'll die on but, that hill for sure. Yeah. I don't like that. What was that? <laughs> what was that? I don't like sand. It's coarse. It's it's coarse. coarse. Yeah, see, I said that when I went uh, went to the beach with my girlfriend over the summer, and she got mad. She's like, can you not quote Star Wars for five minutes? <laughs> well, maybe don't take me to the beach. <laughs> well, maybe don't take me to the beach. Because it's hot, and I'm getting sunburned. I don't like it here. <laughs> I'm just saying, my man rolled a five on seduction, and Padme rolled like a one on resist. <laughs> And George Lucas rolled a, <laughs> he rolled a two on dialogue. Man literally just destroyed the entire universe just for a drop of royal coochie. Yes, sir. That is that's canon. <laughs> that that's is facts. That's facts. That's in George that's Lucas's facts. diary as canon. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's get to the official rating of King Kong versus Godzilla. What do you give it, Cameron? Um. I'm going to go with a solid 8 out of 10. It's a very fun movie. If you basically just go into this movie and you don't care about human characters, you want to see two fucking... You want to see a monkey and a lizard fight? You're going to have a fucking great time. 
it's a great it's a great entertaining film uh the fight scenes are all pretty memorable uh the destruction scenes are cool uh the miniature effects are great it's an all-around very entertaining film i could agree with that austin what's your take on it dude i'm trying to be you know not have the don't turn the off the nostalgia. The don't nostalgia goggles are so far down on my face; they're pressing into my skull. Like, <laughs> don't, I, don't turn off the nostalgia, man. Answer honestly with the nostalgia. It's a ten for me. It's I love it. And it's I a love perfect it. movie. You're it's giving it out perfect. I love this movie so much. I don't <laughs> have very many movies that I can say I just downright love this film. I have so many good memories behind this movie i have so many good thoughts about this movie Mm -hmm. i love the cheesiness i love the destruction i love godzilla's design Mm -hmm. king kong looks like absolute ass but i don't care i just (laughs) it's like it's either a nine or a ten for me and i can't choose which one it's like a nine seems more hey nine is more of an appropriate rating the nostalgia part of me is like you fucking love this thing this is a 10 easy my guy but then it's I got to give I just I haven't given anything a 10 yet. I would mm-hmm. be I would I, love I've TV. noticed with you Austin that the most Godzilla fans will tend to agree that the Showa era is the golden era of Godzilla. Very much so. And I'm not going to deny that. That's that's pretty it it's it's fucking that's what made Godzilla. Oh yeah. Um you have a lot more nostalgia with these earlier Showa era films. I do. Um, cause you're older than me, <sighs> but I have more nostalgia towards the millennium era. And that's what you grew up on. That's what I grew up with. Yep. And um, we're probably going to have clashing ideologies it, when that happens. Before, oh my before, God. It's going to be civil war <laughs> <laughs> before, you know, my generation, I guess you could call it. There was the original golden era Godzilla fans, and then there was the Heisei era fans. They, I think they called them the laser era. Because if you How notice, they get the cool fucking name in the Heisei era. <laughs> you notice that they use a lot of laser beam attacks. Oh, yeah. The Heisei era, like 90% of that fighting was like actually. Yeah, rather than, you know, them actually doing what they did in the show era and they'd be just like fighting, like wrestling. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people preferred those two. And then there's me, who (laughs) I love all of them, but I still have like, there's a couple films from the show era that I love. And then there's majority of the millennium era that I love. Yeah. Um, so I got to be a little more harsh on this movie just because like, I don't have the nostalgia. I'm looking at the, you know, from a new point of view, watching this, I'm, I'm going to give it a six. That's like, fair. It, it was all right. I, I kind of feel like the fighting scenes could have been a lot better. I wish there was like at least just one memorable character. Now I understand you're watching it for the monster fights and all that, but in Godzilla one, you had that reporter dude that was just kicking ass and he was like, he was cool. You know, it was nice to have like one just human main character that was like really just just there to kind of distract you from the monster and like show you that there's stuff going on behind the scenes as well. Now back to the monster fighting. I do wish that it was better than just a puppet bumping and like puppet Mm -hmm. hugging. 
That scene like, is so fucking bad. <laughs> I, I'm, just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, other than like the judo, other than like that judo flip that King Kong <laughs> did on Godzilla and the drop kick, the battle was like mostly uneventful. And King Kong just like kind of stood there every single time Godzilla charged up the ass or the atomic breath. I almost said acid breath, but the atomic <laughs> the breath. ass breath, the ass breath. But, uh, <laughs> Every single time that like Godzilla charged up the atomic breath, and you could clearly see because the spikes were lighting up, which I really enjoyed. I thought was a great addition. I love the spikes lighting up. Mm-hmm. But King Kong just took it like a bitch. Like he was just like, "Oh, you're charging up that one attack that does a fuck ton of damage. All right, I'm gonna just stand here. <laughs> I'm King not gonna Kong. try to. I'm not gonna try to get to cover. I'm not gonna like move out the way. I'm not gonna try to tackle your ass while you're charging it. I'm just gonna. It's it's happening. That's it." Like I said, this film for me is 95% bathed in nostalgia. I yeah. watched this movie so many times, it's hard for me to really, you know, dick on it. It's it's something I grew up on. It. Cameron, you're, ta- you're honest to God, your take on me with my nostalgia with these films, it, hey, I take no offense by that. That is an honest, fair take at I'm my really, opinions on this. Another but, thing that you can compare it to, so one of my favorite Showa era of Godzilla films is Son of Godzilla. And there's a lot of Godzilla fans out there that are thinking, they, what in the fuck is wrong with you? True. <laughs> but no, that, that's it's, a either, rough it's either one of the worst films or it's either one of the best films. And I think yeah, it's one of the best Showa era films. I don't yeah. have no idea why. I watched it a fuck ton as a kid. I rented it every fucking Friday from Hollywood Video. I have no idea why. <laughs> I See, just loved it. I don't have very many of the show era films that I would just like downright dead assayers like just it, it, it's amazing. I'll say that this is definitely the golden era. Now, when we get to the Hisei era films, that's when I started really like kind of seeing Godzilla in more of an adult light because I started, I watched all the Godzilla films from the Showa era when I was a wee lad, wee, wee lad. Then I grew up and then the Hisei era came out. I got all of those movies, watched those as well. And then I got even older and I watched the Millennium series. Godzilla grew up with me. Mm-hmm. I saw it from every aspect, from every age all the way up until now. And even until now, the Showa era films are mainly bathed in nostalgia. Other than the original Gojira from 54, Godzilla versus King Kong is the only other one I would rank in the very high to like, films. They are the most important of my time as a kid watching these movies. But when we get to the, you know, the other ones, obviously I'll be a bit harsher on their grading because some of them, you know, they were made on a budget. They didn't look that great. I don't have as much emotional tie to them. But when we get to the Hisei era films, I love those movies. But I will also grade them fairly because I am not covered in nostalgia with those. But I do remember them fondly and saw them plenty of times. So those will probably be the most fairly graded ones that I'll give you, other than the millennials. But those will come later because I haven't seen them in a hot minute, to be honest. All right, folks. You heard it here. Next time we get on, I swear to God, there's going to be a civil war if they bring this topic up again. <laughs> Austin's going to be in full Mandalorian armor. Cameron's going to be in World War II American soldier armor. Oh, yeah. Grab the helmet. Grab the helmet. Got to get prepared. <laughs> Boba Fett's pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boba's coming for them cheeks, Cameron. Got <laughs> my cheeks. But anyway, guys, uh, make sure and check out in the comment section. We have the link for our T Public merch. Make sure and check it out. Get your comics and kaiju's. Give me the sauce stuff. We are gonna start working on some more. But how you gonna like? 
how are you not going to get some give me the sauce gear? I mean, come on. Try you can get a mug. Sure. You can get a phone Try case. It. You can get a hoodie. Bro, do it. Be a sellout. Be like us. But if comics and kaiju isn't your thing, we got the rest of Project Louder's lineup, including the big bad Beetle Bros. I'm pretty sure they have merch on it. And the Ghoulies Unflushed. Uh, Goren Moore has some great merch. Just check it out. Link is in the or in the comment section. Give it a look. Now, to my bread and butter, ooh, we re-reviewed probably my absolute favorite comic book of all time, hands down. We did Flashpoint. It was also my first comic book ever owning. I bought this like freshman year of high school, and I've read it so many times. I, I can't even tell you how many times I've read it, bro. And it was just, I was so excited. I wanted to do it this week. I was like, man, let's get Flashpoint. You guys are doing your favorite uh, King Kong versus Godzilla kind of mashup. I was like, you know what? I want to throw out Flashpoint here. I love Flashpoint. It's amazing. It's uh, produced by DC Comics, of course, you know, for those of you that don't know. Written by Jeff Johns, who is a masterpiece at, or sorry, not a masterpiece, is a master at storytelling. Like, I haven't read a single comic by him that I haven't liked. The art is done by Andy Kubert. I hope I'm saying that right. Sandra Hope, Jesse Delperdang. I don't know how to say that last name. Delperdang. 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 Uh, Alex Sinclair. Uh, it's 176 pages. I mean, it's not the thickest comic we've reviewed. You know, not not by far, but it, it's definitely a fun one. It's full, just jam packed with twists and turns that will take you anywhere. So, Flashpoint basically covers the story of the Scarlet Speedster finding himself in yet another time-related uh, crisis. Flashpoint opens to Barry Allen waking up at his desk at work. He quickly finds out things are wrong when his mom is alive and his powers are just completely gone. This might be a dream for Barry, but of course, with the history that he has with time trickery and different people that mess with illusion, uh, he doesn't trust it. Fearing the trickery, the Crimson Comet struggles to find his fellow Justice League members while navigating through a chaotic world where Wonder Woman and Aquaman are locked in a war that threatens to destroy Earth. That's the best way to like kind of like introduce this comic because it's, there's just so much chaotic energy throughout the entire thing. Basically, Barry wakes up. His mom's alive. He's like, what's going on? He tries to run, and whenever he tries to like activate his speedster abilities, he trips. He still has the ring on it with the suit, but he trips and he's like, what, like, what the heck? Why didn't I like super speed, you know? And he's basically like navigating himself through this world. He's talking with his mom and he's like, he's like, no, something's wrong. Something's not right. Like my mom is dead. She's been dead like my entire life. This isn't right. This has to be fake. And he was like, I know who I need to find. I need to find the justice league. And he's talking to his mom. He's like, Hey, uh, where's the justice league? And she goes, the what? And he's like, yeah, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman and all them. And she was like, nah, never heard of Superman. And he was like, uh, what about Batman? She was like, everybody knows Batman. And from there on, it's just, it's crazy concepts. Like the people that wrote this, I feel like they were just sitting there and they were like, you know what? What if? And then they made it into a comic. Like it was amazing. So he gets over to Batman and He's like talking to him and he's like, Bruce, I need your help. I need your help. And Batman's like, why do you keep calling me Bruce? How do you know that name? He starts beating the shit out of Barry Allen with no superpowers, just beating the shit out of him, breaks his, I think breaks his pinky and just yeah, starts like laying pinky. into his ass, laying into his ass. And he's like, how do you know that name? And he's like, that's your name. You're Bruce Wayne, the Batman. He was like, 
no, I'm Thomas Wayne. And whenever they said that, dude, I was like, what's going on here? And it's just so many crazy concepts mashed into one. For instance, uh, Bruce Wayne's the one that gets shot in the alley. Thomas Wayne becomes Batman out of just hatred, anger, and spite. And Martha Wayne kind of snaps and becomes like a female Joker in this universe. And it's such a unique concept. Like, I really enjoyed the spinoffs that they managed to get out of this. So, to me, because it was my first comic, I have that nostalgia for it. Like, my first big comic. Like, I've had smaller issue comics, but my first, like, collection for, like, a story arc. And to me, it was just amazing from, like, beginning to end with all the drama going on between Wonder Woman and Aquaman and their war that they're going back and forth. And you see, like, fan-favorite characters like Steve Trevor just being, like, dismissed as a side character in this alternate universe, being killed by Wonder Woman even. And to me, that was, like, she just killed Steve Trevor. Like, her love just snapped his neck. And just this entire comic is just, like, they were, like, what if... And they wrote it down and then they did it. And it was amazing. The artwork is beautiful. The flat, the suit for the flash is like the best design suit I have seen with the yellow lightning bolts and just the red skin tight, you know, just classic flash out like outfit. And I don't know, man, it was just from beginning to end. Like it's hard to really put down just one thing that was amazing about this comic. What do you guys think about it? Dude, I I honestly loved it. It's I read Flashpoint a long time ago. I mean, it has been a hot minute since I've read this read this comic, but it always interests me. And it was I've never been a big Flash fan, so mm-hmm. I've never really read a lot of his stuff before. But I've read <clears throat> I read this one specifically because it it entertained the really. <laughs> really interesting idea of time paradoxes and you know different realities what if something happens differently in a different reality in a multiverse and i i think a multiverse theory is a fun theory to go through and think about and especially Mm -hmm. in the dc world in this sort of multiverse theory it's kind of like a a giant comic of what if Mm -hmm. you know what if bruce was the one who was shot what would happen you know what if you know, Superman didn't get the warm welcome that he originally got and his parents found him. Mm-hmm. You know, what if, uh, you know, Wonder Woman and Aquaman and what if they went into a war? Because instead of them being civilized and, you know, working with one another, what happens if they go into territorial wars? What mm-hmm. happens if, you know, like, uh, you know, Flash wasn't Flash? What if he just was just Barry Allen? What if like, it is a giant comic based on what if? And I really appreciated the way the comic goes into it. It doesn't. I mean, obviously, there are the side comics that go along mm-hmm. with this that correlate with the storyline that ex- goes into more depth of each thing. But the way yeah. it handled the depth of what it was given right then and there to give you more of a streamlined answer instead of over complicatedly explaining things, giving you a straightforward answer and making you just kind of go like, damn, that's kind of odd that it would go that way. But, you know, hey, what's saying it can't? Oh, absolutely, dude. And we got to see because I like my boy Aquaman. All right. Everybody shits on my boy Aquaman. But in this comic, we got to see a very savage version of Aquaman. 
a version of Aquaman that takes no shit, uh, a battle scarred Aquaman that just fucks shit up. And I love it so much, even though he's not, not even the main character in this, the mm-hmm. few panels that you get of him, like, uh, I don't know if it was in this comic or, uh, the spinoff one that I have, but there's like the scene where he's fighting Deathstroke and he just like stabs Deathstroke with a trident, like just no hesitation, just takes his ass down. And I'm like, this is what I've been talking about, people. Aquaman's not just some dude that talks to dolphins and swims. All right. This man, oh, dude, he, he tears shit up in combat. This guy legitimately murders people. That's what I'm saying. Like, he don't like, care. You know, I, I just want to point out that, like, if they ever actually had a meeting, you know, they'd be like, Aquaman, we've never, like, heard of you. He's like, yeah, well, you know, I live here in Atlantis. You know, I'm the king. I, I, I solve all the issues down there. And they're like, I feel like if this conversation would have happened, they would have been like, well, we don't really hear of many problems down there. And he's like, because I handle them. Because I deal with it. <laughs> because I deal uh, with it. And Batman's true. just like, <laughs> like, I love Batman, but come on, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, milk, on, the, milk the same main villain for uh, how many decades? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joker's everywhere. Joker. Oh, sorry, I got oh, bullshit. <laughs> And plot armor caught in my throat. Yeah, Doesn't did, did Batman have other villains too? <laughs> oh, yeah, he had Bane. He had Bane. And, uh, I mean, I oh, oh, there's a guy. There's a guy that does riddles, and if you solve the riddles, you can save the people instead of him. He's just such a quirky guy. He does riddles. He's so quirky. He's quirky and different. Oh, and there's yeah, another guy. You wouldn't believe this. He's got like two faces because he got one burned off, and you wouldn't believe what his like favorite thing is. I mean, his whole niche is just split personality. You know. But uh, it w- TJ says Batman has Scarecrow. I mean, I mean, does he have a cornfield he's got to protect or what? <laughs> Cameron is kind of Cameron is kind of cute. Ooh, like shout that. out to TJ for saying DC gang for life. I will always support DC over Marvel. And that's a hill that I would happily die with my comrades on. Oh, it's amazing. Like, I like your opinion, but Spider-Man. <laughs> Look, I'm okay. I'm gonna go ahead and bring this up here. Green Since Arrow. You're, you're talking, you know, DC for Fire life. <laughs> I got HBO Max a while, like a, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. You know, gave my gave my info to my girl, and she started watching all these all the DC movies because she's new to the DC world. She watched yeah. Wonder Woman. She the animated it. movies are the best. The she animated watched, movies are the best. HBO Max is very nice. It is honestly. I was very hesitant about HBO Max at first, but now, like, dude, their catalog is getting arguably some of the best stuff out there right now there it's yeah, getting pretty hard to argue its value i'm actually curious because i thought hbo max is just going to be another like fucking another Thank streaming you, service that, yeah. that would have uh see the dc off. live action movies are really great but the animated films dude that is yeah, where that is where dc soars dc has done some pretty low ball live action stuff I'm, i hate to admit that but their their animated stuff is honestly a tier on its own it, it really, really it really is it pushed the mcu out the door with no hesitation to move forward here with with my point i gave her that she watched wonder woman she rented wonder woman 84 and now she is on a kick she watched man of steel and she she told me the exact same thing that i felt when watching man of steel and she was just like why is it happening why is what happening? Why is Lois just fucking everywhere? Uh, 
Henry Cavill was Superman. Yeah. It, yeah, but that doesn't answer the question, but he's hot, though. <laughs> you need another reason there. Come on. <laughs> but she we, we started watching Batman versus Superman. Your boy's a Batman boy. I grew Definitely up on Batman. Batman, Batman all day. Dude started an entire conversation that lasted three hours <laughs> while watching this movie. We watched the just the unlimited or the justice one or whatever. That's a three hour film. That mm-hmm. whole three hours was a nothing but a giant back and forth between Batman's right to be doing what he's doing or not. And she's like, God, Ben Affleck's a bad Batman. I'm like, OK, you're stepping on thin fucking ice right now. Thin fucking <laughs> ice. Thin ice. <laughs> There's the door. There's it, the door. And ice getting thin. I said, because I know two other people that will die on the hill with me saying that Ben Affleck was a fucking fabulous Batman. Batfleck was amazing. Okay. I, I know two other people, and one of them is to my left, and he is hosting this show. The other's in the comment section. I know that they will both die with me on that hill. Oh, dude, absolutely will. Absolutely so, will. Batfleck was amazing. <laughs> the emotion that he brought to it with the oh, savagery. Yes. It, it was awesome. It was on Absolutely. its own tier itself. She has come around and became more of like a, well, I guess I can see the idea of it and see his logic of like, oh, well, it, by his logic, shouldn't he want to destroy himself since he's Bruce Wayne? He could just buy an army and take over the world. I said, yeah, Superman can take over the world. Done. That's it. TJ hitting Batfleck with a spicy nacho supreme. It is. Batfleck really was good. Like, I'm sorry to burst everyone's fucking bubble. Everyone's drowned in nostalgia about the, you know, the movies from the 90s that Tim Burton did. And then the like basically the giant toy commercials that came with Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. I just want to point out that out of the live action Batmans, he has looked most the part so far. Like he looks he looks like comic book Batman would. I'm sorry, everybody. Appearance and everything. What's his face? I'm, I'm blanking name of actor who played the OG Batman. I'm, I'm Michael not Keaton. Adam Wood. Michael Keaton. Adam. Thank you. Michael Keaton. Everyone loved Michael Keaton. Everyone says like, oh, that's Batman. He's Batman. Sorry, dude. Batman wasn't five foot fucking nothing weighing less than a pound of paper. My dad, still, my dad still claims Michael Keaton's the best Batman. And I was like, dad, that's like almost on the same level as George Clooney. And George, and George Clooney Batman is like, in its own shitty tier, honestly. It is. Like, there, you, like, ha- you have Batman. You have good Batman, bad Batman. Yes, TJ. Why are you even Batman playing is that? beefy. He's supposed to be fucking ripped. He's supposed to be swole. He's not supposed like, to be toothpick. I still like exactly. the the Jack Nicholson version of the Joker. I still think that's one of the best versions. Just see, Jack Nicholas's Joker was fine. He did a good job with that. It was the it was the whole Michael Keaton being Batman and literally not even looking like what Batman is supposed to look like in the comics. He's too I like small. He has to do this whole like. Yeah, he's just got to turn his whole body <laughs> because the cowl and the shoulder parts were all just one piece. And he was just like, they were. It was a giant thing I of rubber. And he had no like no movement. But then you get Batfleck, who's literally just this yoked motherfucker, and Dude, he's fucking ripped. He's yoked out of his head, and then when he fights people, there is no mercy. There is no, like, oh, I'll just back off. Oh, well, Batman doesn't kill people. They're not dead. They're just... And, they're I, and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, out of the entire, like, out of all the live-action Batman movies, the only time that we've seen an actual, like, what Batman's workout regimen would look like was in Ben Affleck's Batman. That motherfucker yeah. was... Dude, he was pushing limits. 
He was. And that's what Bruce Wayne is. It's he is not a superhero. Mm -hmm. He is a man who has literally pushed his body and mind to its physical limit to where he can't go any further. That's why he's able to take on anybody, regardless of their size, stature or whatever they have. And And, that's what made him great. Hot take. I do like that he has his own house and he's not just using Wayne Manor. I liked that. That Yeah, no, that was fine. I, I thought that was a good take on it. I thought that was perfectly acceptable and a, and a good ideology. I like. I also liked the Batcave. It was a modernized Batcave. That's him, not just him sitting there in a dark room with a giant computer screen, being like, "Alfred, I'm like a water dripping, <laughs> like water dripping." You know, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. Look at that, look at that dude. He, dude, that, look, that is intimidating. That, see, homeboy, homeboy that's looking at him is is not looking at the ground. He's looking at the ground out of fucking respect. Absolutely. He isn't looking out of the he's not looking there out of fear. He's looking there out of respect. He that's knows how Batman that is supposed to level. He's supposed <laughs> to just be yoked out of his mind to the point of where it's just like if he breathes wrong, the suit can rip. Exactly. It, that's how Batman is supposed to be portrayed because that's how he's been portrayed in the comics for years. Mm-hmm. But the fact that everyone praises the older films for the Batmans that we got, I mean, don't get me wrong, nostalgia-wise, regardless, it was fun. The films mm-hmm. were fun, but that's not Batman. That's not – it's not Bruce, not to me. But then we get Flashpoint where we get a whole different take oh, on, dude, the, where on is Batman. Dude, okay, my, Thomas Wayne as Batman. My favorite thing about this Batman, bro, no bars held, uses guns, kills people, just does not give a fuck. I, I, I got to give a shout out and say, people, if you read this comic, take the time to read the side comics. Yes. The side comics that explain more in depth of the intricacies and the differences mm-hmm. of each one of the Flashpoint changes it goes into so much beautiful detail in the Thomas in the Batman one for Thomas Wayne and Martha. When they go into those, and I think that's what two or three that go into that, dude. It it is honestly some of the best. Like it's it's honestly it's some of the best writing, and it's tragic. It, it's sad, mm-hmm. but it's good storytelling. Take the time to read them if you can. Oh, dude, it's amazing. And I'm just saying, man, a Batman with no like real moral like like no bars held, code, like like no bars held, TJ. Uh, a Batman with no bars held. I'm waiting to hear a window. <laughs> Bro, he's, he's just gonna call us, and he's gonna be like mid smashing his entire setup with like a bat. <laughs> mid call. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was amazing to see that because it's just a terrifying thought of a Batman that's just like. Yeah, you're a bad person. Has no mercy. Like, yeah, you're a bad person, Cox Pistol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's Batman. I guess you better take me to jail. Yeah, the jail. Under the ground. Oh. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just Fortnite okay. dances on top of you. So, so let's get into our favorite panel of this comic. Now, I'm going gonna, gonna to say my favorite panel real quick, but I'm also going to say what I liked about the animated movie adaption or adaptation of the panel that is my favorite. My favorite panel is towards the end of the comic when reverse flash is standing over the flash and the flash is just beaten down. And he's like, he's like, yeah, Yeah. I did this or no, no. He was like, yeah, you did this. You made it to where I can kill you 
and I don't get erased from the time. He was time. fucking monologuing. He was mono. He was villain monologuing. Absolutely. And, and Batman just comes up behind with the fucking sword and just stabs him through the chest. And I was like, "Yes, this is the Batman we need to see. This is the brutal Batman. This is Thomas Wayne's Batman." And I love this is it. The No Hell Bars Batman. But I do like the animated movie adaptation so much better because I feel like I feel like it's plausible to see normal Batman pulling a sword on an enemy. I feel like it's very plausible. I mean, he throws razor blades. It didn't feel like Thomas. Wayne. It didn't feel like Thomas. But exactly. in the animated movie, Thomas Wayne straight up pulled out a pistol and shot reverse flash through the skull. And like it showed the hole that the bullet left and Batman standing behind him with a smoking gun. That was an that, amazing yeah. scene. Like I, I couldn't have imagined it better in any other way. Like I feel like that in itself is just puts that batman as his own batman like they're yeah. like hey this dude is not just you know copy paste bruce wayne batman this is new batman this is dark batman like dark dark batman this is batman that's like <laughs> kill you know <laughs> and that's why that's why that one's my favorite panel now austin what's your favorite panel man I, i'm honestly mine's the same i loved the 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 panel of him impaling reverse flash and then <laughs> What he says is like the most smart ass and like cool thing you could have said where it's like never stand still and never stand still in a battle doctor recommendation or something or doctor's orders. Yeah, because the sword out. And it's like, oh, you smart ass son of a bitch. He might not be a dad anymore, but he's still got them dad jokes. There we go. There we go. Dad, yeah. That's the scene. The glowing yeah. red eyes, the sword with the red blood tip. Oh, dude, the the fucking Tom, like Thomas Wayne's bat suit with the glowing eyes was so yeah. bad. Oh, and, and one thing that I want to point out about this suit that I loved was you see on the shoulders those like those like the way it curves up into almost like spikes. Oh yeah, I love yeah. that so much. It's very like, Spawn esque. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's very yeah. reminiscent of Spawn, and I I just love it. Like it it adds to the fear factor because like. You know, you see normal Batman coming at you. You're like, all right, I'm going to get my ass kicked. You see Batman with spikes and a gun coming at you. You're like, all right, uh, writing will. I'm going to die. Uh, find my <laughs> wife and tell her that I probably loved her. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> First part, all right. Second part, I, I'm about to head out. <laughs> and then he can't because it's too late because you've already seen him. <laughs> you've seen him, you're dead, and then you just get stabbed. Like You've seen him, you're dead. You're just like watching your lifeless body fall as you're a ghost. And you're just like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> essentially I, I do have to say an honorable mention though and it's a very dark panel if you pay attention to it it's when uh flash first breaks superman out and he's walking through the facility and you can see the background of like uh the the shuttle landing like the the actual shuttle that landed in metropolis but if you pay attention bro there's dog bones they killed my boy crypto Yo, man, and, fuck that doll. And that, that was that was my like honorable mention, bro. Like when when I saw the dog bones, I was like, no, no, oh, not, not actually, crypto. Not crypto. actually just straight up killed crypto. <laughs> oh God, I know what that monologuing. is. Oh, here's the here's the bullet hole. Here's the bullet hole. Look, the yeah. eye twitch, the blood flow down. Smoking gun, Batman. Just some. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. 
See, I thought he was like going to put the meme up there where he's just like, remember when you got your blowjob, Barry? <laughs> that was, me. No, no, that no, was no. me the whole time, no. Barry. It, it was remember. I <laughs> you off with the speed force. So you suck your own touch. Like you came at just a woman's touch. I have that shit saved on my phone. Dude, that is like one of the best memes that come out of that animated series. It really I really is. <laughs> Jesus but, but Cameron, Cameron, what was your favorite panel, man? It, it was probably the scene where they break Superman out. Yeah, that was a good scene. And it, just looking at a decrepit, weak Superman. It's definitely a culture sun, shock. Yeah, seeing the sun for the first time ever. And him just like looking in total like sadness. It's something that I you don't really see much of Superman. Yeah, you always see the big strong like the big strong you know, truth justice in American way. Yeah, can't do anything wrong. And then strong. here you just see Superman completely helpless. And it was it was kind of a it's kind of it's weird. It's really weird to see. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. Um, no, nah, it's definitely out of the normal boundaries, but I mean, that's this whole comic, man. <laughs> yeah. And then he finally sees the sun, and then he gets his powers back. Mm-hmm. And then he just says, fuck you guys, and he leaves. Yeah, and, and there's the picture. I mean, he looks so, he he looks anorexic, honestly. Yeah. With how thin he is. Superman, Superman. 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 But let's talk about our favorite not not just favorite character that came out of this but like a favorite what if character or like a our favorite what if concept now i've already said the batman i've already said batman but i do want to mention because i know that you're going to say batman and i want to i want our viewers to have some like diversity it's so hard to choose anyone else it really is really hard to choose anyone else all that happened to him is the government got a hold of him and they put him they sent him to brazil so he's just over there and then cyborg is still cyborg nothing really much changed to him brazil (laughs) brazil with you superman but cyborg is still cyborg but batman's whole thing changed but but i gotta hit you i I gotta hit you hear me out okay wonder woman we see a version of wonder woman that cut off uh fucking queen mara's head took her crown as a trophy and wore it as she waged war against aquaman literally almost destroying that world and we see just the savagery that she goes through and just the amount of people that she shreds. And another honorable mention that I want to point out is uh, Pirate Deathstroke came out of this. So just going to drop that there. I want to give a shout out to the best yeah. revolution of all time being Hal Jordan just fucking dying in the war. That yes. one was like the greatest because, you know, he didn't do jack shit or become anything. He just fucking died. So yeah. greatest version of expectation. Hey, what happened to Green Lantern? Oh, he's just fucking dead. He's just fucking oh, dead. Oh, he's just dead. <laughs> Oh, Wait, you mean I was supposed to get a ring? Supposed to get a <laughs> ring, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny thing is, you know this guy. You know this guy from Central City named Barry Allen. No, who the fuck is that? Yeah, he fucked you. By the way, you're you're to your toast. You're dying now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cameron, who is your favorite what if character that kind of came out of this? Uh I really like Aquaman. Uh for the few panels that we do see him in. I love how fucking brutal and savage he is. Because like you, you said earlier, a lot of people make fun of him because he's a 
he just talks to fish he's not that scary yeah it's kind of scary seeing this fucking hulking beast just like charge at you with a trident and like kill like endless waves of people i mean i'm just saying anybody any comic book character that can stand toe-to-toe with deathstroke and win definitely deserves the mad respect absolutely dude it's fucking it's fucking deathstroke batman it's very good love his look i mean i I do hate that they ended up discounting deathstroke out of like the batman area and like kind of threw him at teen titans but at the same time it also just shows that he can take on the entire teen titans by himself and I, I just want to point out anybody that can stand toe to toe one v one on that, mad respect. It's true. <laughs> it is very true. Yes. It is very true. Very true. Yes. <laughs> so, because of nostalgia, I'm putting on the same filter you had, Austin. Uh, That's fair. This comic, bro, eleven out of ten. It, it blew me away. It blows me away every time I read it. I love it Gracious. so much. <laughs> it, it's just amazing. It's a great comic, man. I can't, I can't deny your rating on that because I literally just did the same thing with Godzilla versus King Kong. I, I can't I can't dictate, nor do I have the right to complain or I'm say just, anything. I'm just it, saying there's nothing that I don't like about it. Like, everything flows. Everything made sense. It was amazing. Well, it, it was honestly a wonderful comic. I had a blast with it. I enjoyed it. Honestly, man, it was a good call. I, I had a blast and a glass with it, and Honestly, anyone else that wants to really sit back and enjoy a good comic and sit back and read something that would really subvert your expectations, it, honestly, dude, if you got like 20, 30 minutes, it's oh, not yeah. huge. It's, it's not, not a huge comic. It's no, a pretty it's good not. Read. It's and a good read that doesn't require too much time. And I'm just saying, man, the reason I chose this was because you guys, you guys were talking for a long time about wanting to do King Kong versus Godzilla. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds like it would be cool. And you guys were like, this is literally our favorite. And I was like, well, if we're going to go with that scheme, Flashpoint. That's fair. Like, Flashpoint. Other than the Injustice comics, it's my favorite DC arc. That's fair. So, uh, Cameron, what do you think about it, man? Um. Well, so Flash as a character, he's not like my favorite character. He's not really... I actually prefer Aquaman over the Flash. I mean, everybody uh, knows Green Arrow is my favorite DC character. <laughs> hands down, true. all right. <laughs> but this comic made me like him a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, because it adds a lot of depth into what he can do. Mm-hmm. It's not just, gotta go fast. <laughs> you must know? go fast. I gotta go fast. Um, so I... I'm going to have to give it probably like a, a 7.5 out of 10. Um, I wish that it was a bit longer um, and they could. Don't uh, we all? Yeah. Uh, I wish it was a bit longer and they could go into detail more about that world, that alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Well, like we said, there's a bunch of spinoff comics that you read and it really fleshes out the entire timeline. And it's, it's amazing. Which I'm sure I would be satisfied if I read those. Mm-hmm. You would. It's the Batman really one is the best. The Batman one is the best. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely is. So, uh, other than that, I thought it was pr- it was fucking great. I mean, I could agree with it. One thing that I really liked was that they added a lot of character depth to the Flash. Like, yeah. at the very end, he has the 
he has this scene that makes you really like feel bad for him because he has to choose to revert things back to the way they were and let his mother die whenever he was a kid. And it's just really sad because like he's, he's sprinting and in the animated show, or sorry, the animated movie, they show it really well. Cause he's like sprinting and I'm pretty sure he even cries while he's doing it. I think because, so. Because he knows what he has to do. He's like, I got to put things right. I got to let my mom die. Otherwise I'm creating a world that's just chaotic and unlivable. And it's just sad seeing that this hero will literally allow his mom to be murdered. One of the driving factors for him becoming a hero just to do the better thing at the end of the day. It's a true sacrifice. Absolutely. Well, guys, we had a we had an awesome lineup today. King Kong versus Godzilla. I had a blast watching it. Did go kind of harsh with the rating myself. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> yeah, followed, I've got no towards it. followed it up with a, with a great comic you know flashpoint like i said one of my favorites uh to our viewers make sure and check out in the comment section we do have that link for t public yeah. check it out get, get you some give me the sauce merch i mean come on dude the color scheme the font muy caliente all right trust me oh before we go mm-hmm. um i want your guys's opinion on uh the whole old spider-man rumors that have been going around Oh, about them mm. having Toby, yeah, Toby and Andrew Garfield being. I think it could be good. Yeah. I, I'm worried about it. I'm really worried about it because I don't want them to cram it all into one movie. If they're going to do a live action Spider Verse, it needs to be multiple movies. They need to it flesh needs- it. And if they do do it, I want them to because I want another Tom Holland centered movie. He needs he needs his trilogy. I want this one Tom Holland centered movie. And I just want a cameo at the end introducing them. And then we can move on to a Spider-Verse. Exactly, exactly. And then we can move on to Spider-Verse movies, which would be amazing. I hope there's many Spider-Verse movies. I love Tobey Maguire. I'm not really huge on Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, but I I love Tom Holland as well as Spider-Man. Right now, Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man. And this is coming from a dude that grew up with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I love Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, but I do like Tom Holland's more. Um, just because he feels more like actual teenage Spider-Man, whereas Tobey Maguire kind of felt adult Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Madness. That's coming out before Spider-Man 3, correct? Say again? Multiverse. I'm not, I'm not sure. The, I uh, think Outsider so. Strange too. I think, I think so. Because Strange has been has already been started production, I believe, has it's, it's been ahead, it's ahead on the timeline as mm-hmm. far as what they're going to be producing, according to Disney's uh, little thing they had put out, which is their... Uh, their 2020 projections because I saw all of Star Wars and what they're doing for 2021 because Mandalorian season three was supposed to be here, but they pushed it to 2022. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure Marvel's Doctor Strange is going to be before Spider-Man. we get Spider-Man three. And if that's the case, that's how they can introduce the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. Because if if Multiverse of Madness is before Spider-Man three, I was going to guess that they might include like a small like it's going to be end credit yeah end credit tease it's going to be in um, credit there's no way it would overshadow they, strange I don't, I don't think they would show them show like tom hall i mean uh show toby Maguire or andrew garfield they might hint at other realities and might show their realities they can get away with showing their suits they can they don't have to pay for their rights as their faces. They can just show the suits because they own the rights to the suits, not their faces. Mm-hmm. They can, Marvel could totally get away with that and be okay with that. For Spider-Man 3, what I believe will happen is 
at the very least, it'll be like this huge end scene where Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield would cross over. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want Tobey Maguire to be portrayed as an older Spider-Man. I want him to have like a beard. I want him to be rough looking. And then that would set up for uh, the, the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. that would be so cool. I can agree <laughs> with that. I think it would be a good idea. And I think Marvel, honestly, if they want to do this right and they want to do it right by the fans and do it right by the story itself, it needs to be fleshed. It needs to be brought on slow. It doesn't need to be really quick. Clearly want to see these other spider uh spider-men uh be incorporated into the the marvel universe agreed knowing disney and marvel they're like that might work (laughs) that's the money right there man that's the money mind if we take it mind if we take it we got hit hard by covid oh we lost so much money oh man oh man we're gonna go bankrupt well guys this has been an absolute banger of an episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I do feel like it's time to wrap this one up to an end. All things got to end. And uh, as usual, we are ending comics and kaijus with a shot of tequila. <laughs>